today's episode has been weighing a bit on me. It's kind of driving me a little insane because I want it to be perfect because it's all about Stevie. I'm sure everyone listening to this episode currently knows of Stevie or was a fan of Stevie. Um, If you don't know Stevie, please look her up before you listen to this episode because it's it's all about her and I want you to have some context, even though I'm assuming you do know who she is. Uh, She was awesome, amazing, funny, charismatic, um, and I don't want to get into too many cliche words, but they all are good for her because she was all those amazing things. We're 48 episodes into this podcast and only 11 of these shows were done with Stevie, yet it still feels like it's our podcast. And the fact that she's not here still feels so surreal. I have so many moments where it just hits me like a ton of bricks that this is reality. And I keep realizing that reality over and over and over. And this has been going on since July. And those moments when it hits you don't feel any less real than or any less intense than they did when this all first happened. So it makes healing very difficult. But it's actually been a year exactly, I would say a year and a couple of days, maybe, give or take, since we taped our first episode. And that hit me really hard. And I really just, I'm at a loss for words about it in general, but I have someone here to help me with words today on this episode. I have very funny comedian and the executive producer of Stevie TV, Dan Levy, who knew Stevie very well, and um, he shares his experiences that he had with her and um, this awesome girl that him and I were both lucky enough to work with. So please keep listening. And of course, before I ha- before I get to that, I feel bad doing any sort of Patreon thing right now, but I just have to say thank you to everyone new on Patreon all the new heroes, I will call you. And now you're my children. Anyone who comes over to Patreon is, is my child and um, and uh, someone who was birthed from my loins. So I have to say thank you to Angela, Stephen, Kiana, and Rita. A nice big group of heroes this week. Thank you for joining the community. And uh, you make the show easier to do knowing that I have people that like it enough to support it. Because sometimes I'm like, what the hell am I doing? The show is supposed to be between Stevie and I, and well, not between her and I. It was supposed to be shared with you guys, but done with her and I. And that's what made it good. And so I get insecure a lot when I don't have her to make it good. So I do the best that I can, and I just thank everyone for supporting me through this. Um, And uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what else to say, but I'm glad that I got to talk about Stevie a bit. I really hold her inside. I don't talk about her that often. It's very painful. I'm always at a loss of loss for words. And uh, and Dan was a good guy to chat with about her. So enjoy the show. And um, yeah, I guess that's it. Enjoy the show. It's leaving. Okay, because obviously, so you know Dan, Dan Levy. Levy. Yes. And my brain malfunctioned earlier when I was looking. I was just going through your IMDb and stuff. Yeah. And obviously, I type in Dan Levy, Levy. And that shows up. And that shows up. But then I, all of a sudden, I had my brain explode because I thought, well, I've been calling. Uh, in my head, you've been Dan Levy. Yeah, I am Dan Levy. Yeah. Okay, good. I'm Dan Levy. He's Dan. I'm Dan Levy. He's Dan Levy. It's a very confusing thing. Yeah, both Jews. That's both all that matters. Jews, <laughs> both Jews doing well. 
uh, you produced Stevie's show. I did. I was the um, the executive producer and uh, I guess co creator of Stevie TV, which is so weird that we're doing the podcast now because obviously I'm uh, my schedule is terrible. So we've been like trying to do this for a while, and I just was cleaning out some stuff upstairs, and my wife like found this folder. She's like, you just gotta like deal with all the stuff, and I opened up the folder, and it was the um, it was the original pitch to Stevie Town, which is what the show was called. I just saw it like two days ago. It was really oh, weird. it was originally Stevie Town? It was called Stevie Town, and the idea was – it was the same idea, which was a sketch show, but it was all through the lens of Stevie Town, which essentially was like her Pee Wee Playhouse. Ah. So it was like her – she was like definitely way more set up as like Pee Wee Herman, and she had like – a talking computer that would like talk. Oh my God. It was, yeah. It was really cool. She like loved the idea. I mean, this was like all, you know, her and we, this is what we used to pitch the show. And then it became CBTV, which the only difference was there was wraparounds. You know, if you remember the show, she would like, just kind of say, welcome to CBTV and blah, blah, blah. And she hated that so much. She hated that she had to do wraparounds. Yeah. And, uh, but because originally, yeah, she doesn't like, she didn't, she didn't seem like she would like anything that's set up or disingenuous. Like she wasn't really actually saying, hey, check out, you know, they, for, you know, when someone makes you do something. Exactly. It doesn't she feel hated, authentic. Yeah. She hated yeah. being forced. She hated feeling fake. And honestly, I think she really felt more comfortable being other people than being herself. Yeah. And that was sort of the main thing when you're a host, as you know, is like you need to be like Stevie Ryan. Here I am. Mm -hmm. And she was just not into that at all. And, and it they was always like, want cheery. Cheery. And I remember um we'll, we'll go back talk about the whole show, but like I remember like during we did that last uh and the first season was the wraparounds and she was just so mad. And people we were like the network would be there and they would be giving notes and she was just like not happy about doing that. Would they take it in a she's a diva way or she just doesn't love what we're doing and we should probably change the format? No, I think it was coming across at that point that it was like diva-ish. Diva. Yeah. 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 But it's really like it's frustrating because that kind of stuff you really just want to say, no, I'm really – because she's the least – she was the least – it's so hard when I say was. It's I always want to say is and it's so yeah, it's weird. Um, she was uh, so not a diva. And I think I mentioned that on the show that I did after she passed away. Um, maybe I did or maybe I didn't. But going into the podcast with her, a friend of mine said she might be a little high maintenance. I think I heard she was like a, like diva-like or something like that. And so I was a little bit nervous because we knew each other, but not in like a working sense. So I never, I didn't know that side of her. Yeah, and yeah. then she was nothing like that at all. I remember saying to the person who said it to me, like, I don't know where you heard that from, but she literally is the chillest, coolest, most down to earth, easy to work with person ever. Yeah, she was just she's intimidating, you know. Totally, tell she's me about to it. She's totally intimidating, <laughs> yeah. but she she wasn't a diva. She honestly was. She was just like she was that girl. I think you said it um, at the memorial for her or something. But she was like the cool. She was always like. I mean, everyone was saying it. She was like always the coolest person in the room. She was like ahead of every fad. She was just like the person that people wanted to be with, and that is intimidating. But as like a person, when you actually like got to know her, like I remember she like sent like my like you know you know our relationship was pretty complicated. Like as most relationship with Stevie. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, and towards the end of like the first season of Stevie TV, um, I remember like things were sort of like rocky and she was just, you know, she was very upset and like the very different levels and all sorts of things were yeah. not going right for her in, in her opinion. But she like sent this like beautiful basket when my like son was born and she was just like, Oh, that's so nice. She was so sweet. And like, I find this with a lot of like female, uh, um, 
comedians who have this sort of edge about them or sort of they they have this sort of like facade that they're sort of like edgy or don't give a fuck or mm-hmm. whatever. And those are almost those are the always in my experience being in comedy, those are always like the sweetest, like most genuinely like good people. And they give the most fucks. They give the most fucks and they just actually like are like real people who care. And they just have this thing, like, you know, with her dark lipstick and like her, her fucking Cholo I was character. So and intim- she was like, oh my God. I was so intimidated by her. The first time I met her was at a at UCB at a Hello Giggles show. Do you know the website yeah. Hello Giggles? Um, and they were having this storytelling show and she was co-hosting it with um, another kid. I forget his name. Um, was it Ed Hansen? I have no idea. Okay. He was short. Um, anyway. Anyway. Uh, he... So they the two of them together. He was kind of the sassy, fabulous. I think that was Ed. guy. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah maybe yeah. that's him. And then sounds s- like him. <laughs> really sassy and fabulous. Yeah. yeah, I've met him a couple times after. And ever- well, he was at the memorial. Yeah, he was. Yeah, um, and him and Stevie were together and just being sassy and fun. And I was so intimidated. And I've told the story before on the show, maybe, but she was Stevie was wearing this awesome like blazerish jacket, and I showed up in like. Right now I'm wearing a denim shirt, but I showed up with like a sleeveless denim shirt, like kind of just girl next door. Like here, I should be at a picnic. Cheesy. Like I just felt like not great about myself that day. I remember <laughs> it specifically. And then I walked in and I hadn't, I really didn't know her. I hadn't watched her show. I had heard, heard her name or seen, seen her on Twitter or something, but uh, I didn't totally even think too much about it. And then the minute I saw her when I walked in, I was like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable. Yeah, because I was instantly uncomfortable with myself, not because she made me feel that way, but because she was had this aura and beauty and style and that kind of almost like like you said, the dark lipstick and like Latina kind of like she could bitch me out so easily if I did something wrong. And she did. I mean, she bitched people. She could. Out. Oh, yeah. That was the other thing. It's like I met her uh, basically. It's kind of a weird story, but I somehow I'm a you know I'm a comedian and a comedy writer and all that kind of stuff. But somehow, uh, around like the late like 2008 ish, 2009 ish, I met these girls who um, were homeschooled, and they all they want to do is to be in uh, be playmates, and they want to you know be in live in the Playboy Mansion. See, okay, before we were taping, I was saying we were both saying how naive we are. Yeah, when you said playmates. I just thought they wanted to be little babies playing together. I swear to God. Yeah. Not See? that kind. Yeah. And the girl was like, yeah, you know, my mom was a playmate. So that's sort of our goal. And I was like, well, that honestly sounds like a reality show. And at the time, I remember just like calling like my, my manager and was like, hey, I, I met these girls or these pretty girls. They want their homeschool. They want to be like in, in Playboy. That's like their only dream. It seems I'm sure that like homeschooling situation seems insane. We should like film it. And, and he's like, yeah, it could be a show. So we had this idea to make that a reality show. And that it's a good idea. It was called Homeschooled with the Arlingtons. And it ended up being pretty wild. That crazy show. Oh, e I bet. With that. Oh. Group pretty oh, wild oh okay i thought you're describing it for a second but yes okay yeah, i remember like that show sneers and yeah. Tess and the, right. and gabby and it was those three girls and they ended up being burglars and we had no idea and it was this really weird time of my life where all of a sudden i was not only like producing a reality show but i was like going to court <laughs> to bail out these <laughs> these kids it's crazy i mean i was like you know on the road doing stand-up and i get these calls being like uh who are these girls and i'm like i don't know were you their like pseudo father no, no. <laughs> they needed one obviously no they definitely needed one but i was sort of like 
I don't know what I was. I was just, I think I might've been the only guy who didn't like try to have sex with them maybe Yeah. who they yeah. met in all of California. So they trusted me. So, um, we made, anyways, made the show that happened. The show was totally insane. They all went to rehab. They all ended up like we talked about being naive. Like they were all on heroin. I didn't even know. <laughs> right. I had no right. idea. Did you drink a lot of coffee? That's what I would ask. Where'd you get that coffee? <laughs> yeah. They were all, they were just so, we had one meeting when we pitched the show and they were all like sleeping and I was like, they're just tired teens. Like I didn't know. And they were fully strung out. <laughs> so that show happened and then the girl Alexis who now is like clean and sober and has two beautiful kids and actually has a great life and very happy for her uh, she forwarded me a video of Stevie Ryan doing an impression of her and she's like this girl is amazing oh. and that's when I tried and that's when I first met Stevie and when I first saw those videos I was like blown away like who is this girl yeah and then we had our like was she still in Victorville at this time no she was already in LA okay. and we met uh in burbank and i remember like seeing all her videos i was expecting this sort of like tough like you know edgy girl and she was like totally sweet and cool and she was like complaining and she was just like doing her thing and being like being i just can't, you know i just like want to like try to get something going like i fucking hate the internet i hate youtube <laughs> that was, was always funny about her is that like she was just so anti everything and I, I was know. like but you have like a trillion followers like can't don't people like i don't know anything but don't people like make money off youtube and she's like i don't fucking care i have some guy that in england who's running my youtube channel I'm like don't do that that's kind of how she told me it was and yeah. i just couldn't believe it i was like you know what you don't do you know how much money you could be pulling in from this like well, you're crazy yeah you're crazy i felt like the same way where i was like even when the show happened um you know she obviously got paid to be on her own tv she had her own tv show she was a star but executive producer yeah two seasons and then i thought maybe she was getting more into youtube i don't know because we kind of basically lost touch essentially you know so this is this was before the show this was at, this was after the show oh, okay okay yeah but during the show what happened basically was we made the show we um we put together a little sizzle reel with her and my buddy James Kirkland and uh and we went out with um producers and everyone and went and pitched the show and uh sold it to VH1 and we had these you know we scripted this whole pitch with her and she was just so dynamic and like amazing and she got all dressed up and she was like you know a pin she looked like a pinup girl oh yeah you know yeah. And, like a 50s pinup girl mm -hmm. and she would come out and she would tell these insane stories about like hanging out at Marilyn Manson's house and him like wanting to only want to watch horror movies and pitch black like just the most insane stories and people were just like okay yeah <laughs> and what do you want to do and she's like a sketch show and they're like, and they're like oh, okay. okay yeah so um so yes yeah, so and then we got we did this little pilot and then it got picked up and we did um, a bunch of episodes and what happened was during that time i was working a lot with whitney cummings who's one of my really good friends and her show got picked up and i was and when whitney show got picked up i was working on whitney's show too so i told cv i was like well i i'm not going to work on your show I'm not going to work on this show now. I'm going to go work on Whitney's Ooh, show. She probably didn't like that. She was not okay with no. that. So she felt like I like left her and yeah. you know, all that, all that sort of stuff, which she, you know, she already was feeling, she already would quickly lash out at people who do those things. Anyways, I felt, she felt very betrayed when I did that. Um, She's like a ride or die chick. Either you're exactly. with her or you're not. Exactly. And what I, what was so hard for her to understand was that like, I, I, I was with her, but I was also with my other friend for longer than I even knew her, right. but she didn't really want to hear that. And then, um, but then, you know, it, it, it ended up working out. We ended up having a, a nice little, like, we resolved that. Yeah. My, my, the best memories I have of the whole Stevie TV and just Stevie Ryan in general was the, the beginning of that time when we would just go to her apartments, me, her, and James when everything was cool and there was no TV show and there was no money and it was just, we'd sit in her apartment and her and James would get really fucking high. Of course. And I wouldn't, but they would get so high and we'd watch every reality show 
And we would just like laugh so fucking hard mm-hmm. and we'd write down all this shit and then we'd come up with essentially what became Stevie TV. Ugh. And it was like the best time yeah. ever. And it was such a bummer because that never happened again. Like once the show happened, it became sort of like a business and James was, you know, straight out of boom Chicago doing improv in Amsterdam for five years and came to LA. I knew him from college and he's the funniest person I know. We were there having the best time ever, but then it became like, Oh, now everyone's in a, in a, in a job and now it's real. To, you have to have hours. And like her and James just basically started, honestly like butting heads and it became a whole thing. And then I was in the middle of it. It was just like a lot of yeah classic drama that, uh, that led to, did she seem happy when you guys were, uh, beginning the show? Yeah. When she, I remember when deadline Hollywood first posted the article that's DV TV season one was picked up. She, she posted on Twitter, Instagram, whatever was the thing then. And she said like, dreams really do come true. Mm. Yeah, and I remember talking to her, um, and her and Ed Hansen were like running around, like they were like when they got the official call. I think they were like, if they weren't at the Grove, they were like on on Hollywood Island. They were somewhere like just cheesy to be, mm-hmm. and they were freaking out. And I was like, such a cliche LA thing. Like your TV show's picked up, and we're at the Grove. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and there's the Hollywood sign. <laughs> exactly. And she was just so happy, and I was so happy for her because like no one deserved their own show more than her. Oh, absolutely. I mean, she was just grinding out those videos forever, and you know I. I really felt like the network loved her so much and, and they did cause they did a second season of the show, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and she was the first, when it first happened, I think she was so happy. And then I think the pressure and the anxiety, and like I told you, I'm super naive. I'm not, I don't suffer from mental illness. I'm like a pretty happy guy. All my <laughs> friends are horribly mentally ill. Yeah. Stop bragging. <laughs> but <laughs> so I was too naive to like pick up on signs really, you know, it just, kind of yeah you think she's a girl maybe just in a mood or yeah and also you know at the same time i was working with you know whitney cummings who had her own show on nbc and there was all that pressure and she was like kind of in her own little spiral so i was sort of like well when you have your own tv show there's so much pressure you can't you can't help but freak out of course like no one is gonna take that no one is gonna have an easy time having their own tv show yeah be weird it would almost be like they had a mental illness if they didn't (laughs) respond the way they did you have to freak out you think everyone's against you you know I just assumed that was sort of like what she was dealing with, just sort of like being the pressures and the stress. Like, you know, she, she the show was very good. Um, and I could say that because, you know, after season one, I was not involved at all. So, um, you know, w- when she died, I really felt like, um, you know, I, I felt I, I wish I got to see her again. You know, like I we I have a picture of her on my Instagram from when we had we had sushi lunch a very long time ago and that, and I have a picture of her when she had her red hair and it was like just her holding chopsticks and we had and this being like, such a pinup girl. Yeah, yeah. And we had like lunch and like, that was like a great lunch. And you know, we, we had some, some good like talks and stuff and she'd always be like, Danny, baby, like I love Aww, you, Danny. you know, but yeah. we never really sort of like had a full on, like, I'm sorry that that fucking happened. And I'm sorry that like, I wasn't there the whole time. And I'm sorry that you felt like, you hated me probably and you hated James. I do feel like one of the lucky ones because she liked me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know? for sure. And I also feel like she, you know, maybe even because like when I left in the beginning, maybe she sort of took that out, out a little bit on James. But, you know, he cared about the show so much. It was it was it was unfortunate. You know, I've talked to so many people. I don't know where I heard this. And it's not anything crazy groundbreaking or anything. But when she had her show was when she was the saddest. And I don't know if her boyfriend had told me that or her cousin or someone, but that to me just like screamed depression because it like blinds you to what's good and what's. Yeah. Like I wish, like if I, now I 
feel like I was y- younger, and I think just from my friends and different people I know who have suffered from mental illness, I feel like now I have a better sense of it. So if I was around her now, around someone now who's suffered from mental illness, I'd be like, you know what, I think you need to deal with it. But but with her, so- I mean, I couldn't even tell when we were doing this. I mean, I have no expectation of you having having any idea of that existing because her and I doing a podcast on depression. I knew she was depressed, obviously, but I still had a hard time seeing that she was depressed. Yeah. I mean, I go over and over and over in my head the last time I saw her and texted her in our last text exchange. And uh, I, you know, it's obviously hindsight is twenty twenty, but when I read it, I'm like, I mean, there's nothing that crazy glaring. And I, it's, I feel weird. I, I, talking about Stevie is really on the show is really difficult for me because I walk that fine line of, I don't want to divulge too much information that just isn't necessary for the public to know, but also people who listen to the show are such huge fans of Stevie and, uh, are of course want to know like what, what all the details were and all that kind of stuff. So I, I almost like buckle right now. I feel like I don't know what to, what to reveal and what not to, you know, because like our last text exchange, um, was on, uh, on on Friday because we were supposed to be taping and I don't know if I've ever said this on on the show but we were supposed to tape on Friday um afternoon two shows because um we were going to try to start banking shows so we were going to do two instead of one and I at the time was now I'm doing much better thank god but I was so broke and I needed to pay rent that day because it was going to be the first mm-hmm and so I wrote to her, it was like eight in the morning and I wrote to her and I said, um, I have to cancel today because rent is due and I literally need to drive Uber all day long to make like the last $200 I need for my rent or something like that. Mm-hmm. And she was like, oh, no worries at all. And she seemed down, you know, and so I look back, but I, I was so distracted with needing to drive because I was in the car immediately and just driving, driving and it took me four hours to reply back to her when after I had said, how are you feeling? How are you doing? And when I wrote back to her, I said, please get on some medication as soon as possible because she was just saying how down she was feeling. But I look back and it's like, I took four hours to get back to her. And I know you don't, you can't, you can't control what someone's going to do, but because I was so distracted with having to drive and not being able to really use my phone and then, you know, kind of not that I like poo pooed it like, Oh, I don't need to respond to Stevie. But it was like, I just was so distracted with everything else that I was doing. And, um, and so basically the next day was when, when, you know, I think it was that night, like late, late that night. And so personally it's really difficult because I think if I didn't cancel that day, she would have been distracted with doing our show mm-hmm. and maybe things would have turned out differently. But I know, you know, everyone says you can't harp on that yeah, stuff. Cause, Cause I, yeah. how am I going to know? Yeah. You know, but it, I mean, it just yeah, like I mean, no rips one... my heart out thinking if I had just maybe worked two days prior to that and made the 200 I needed the, this whole situation might have been averted. Maybe not for a long time, but maybe at that moment it would maybe have, or, may, or maybe not. Right. I do feel like, you know, could have changed a little something maybe. Cause I think I don't personally, I don't think she wanted to take her life. I think she was, um, in a manic state. I think she was like kind of hurt, trying to hurt herself, um, and punish herself, but then took it too far. Like it just like, it went too far because she stopped, you know, she passed out or what, you know, 
all those things. I, I really truly think that. And, uh, I do communicate a little bit with her ex-boyfriend and who she was with for four years and they were still really close when she passed away. But was she dating? She was, she was, she, she didn't have a boyfriend when she, cause I, didn't. she didn't, but she was, obs- she was very in love slash obsessed with a certain someone. And, uh, he was not being lovely to her. And, uh, she was devastated by that and she we talked about it on episodes i think or maybe we didn't but she wrote him no i don't think she said this on the show but she had written to him um a couple weeks prior and uh wrote an email and they ended up talking on the phone and it didn't go well she said they fought the entire time on the phone and then she just ended up sobbing so she was into someone but there was no relationship relationship there and that broke her heart but i said on the show i mean i know I, I just said, you're cra- you're crazy. You could have any guy you want. But she always but- had the most intense. I mean, when I knew her, which, you know, you got to remember, too, like she came into my life. We did this thing and then it sort of stopped. And then like a couple years later, tragedy. Right. So it's like but in that time, we had that great we had that great time in the beginning especially when it was just like so fun and you know also when you're like she was someone you could have so much fun with. And also when, when you're when when you're trying to like come up with an idea. You know, for a show or pitching a TV show, when you pitch a TV show, you're so excited about the possibility of like whatever, like who knows what could happen. Yeah, we could you're, be at the Oscars for like a movie we write no, based like, off of something five oh, years later. Yeah, I mean, know? she was like, I remember. I mean, not that she cared about award shows, but you know. What I mean? Yeah, but you know what's weird is when we did the TCAs for Viacom for Stevie TV, it was introducing Stevie TV and then introducing Key and Peele. It was like we were wow. all in the same little right. like area. Right. Um, but yeah, you had these ideas, you know, and for her too, it was like the dream is going to happen. Who mm-hmm. knows? And you know, you're in that like fantasy world for like a few weeks and yeah. it's fun and you're definitely happy. But I think, you know, in that time we would always hear about different relationships she was like going through or like, you know, how she would tell us she hung her ex-boyfriend out of a window, you know, just like, yeah. you know, she had these crazy yeah. stories, yeah. but at the time it was, uh, it was, it was funny. It was funny because was funny. she delivered them with such charisma and she's yeah. so likable that all those things, they almost add to like her her uniqueness or something, doing all those crazy things. But in the end, that is not what I think. That's not what um, I think that that could have been playing a factor. Oh yeah, I mean, she told stories obviously. about like stabbing a wall, you know, like, yeah, all yeah. this stuff, and it was very funny to hear. But now looking back, it's like no, she was like very upset. Yeah, she was in these going these manic states and like freaking out these guys and all. But stuff. when it's presented in this fashion of her telling the story with such zest. Oh yeah. Getting giant laughs. Yeah. And like, it doesn't, you don't realize the depth of how actually terrible it is. And I think that is so obviously a trademark of a comedian. Yeah. Taking whatever is making her feel super dark and making it funny for a crowd, but then inside her still hurting and struggling with it. Yeah. You know? And I, uh, I, I do think she had after, I don't, I always say this on the show. I don't know if I said this on the show. I just hate repeating things, but uh, I think she might have had a little um, borderline personality disorder because a lot of I don't think she was she was definitely definitely not diagnosed as that, but a lot of the trademark things were there, which is like cutting people off from your life, oh, yeah. having massive ups and downs with people, like fights. Even those, even that, like two years or yeah, I mean a, a year or two of like you know being with her like a, a lot, like. James and I would see she'd have like falling out with falling out with people all the yeah, time. It was yeah. like, you know, her ex 
ex whatever her ex boyfriend before Stevie TV who I later met uh like they he was like dead to her you know yeah. and like then there was you know the friend who was helping her in the beginning of the show like she disappeared and then and you know even like you know and, and we, we talked about it but a lot even like you know me or like Ed, Ed her friend Ed like I don't know if I can say his people's names but like you know it's the kind of thing yeah where there are these people that were in and out of her life and it was uh that is alarming i think and and now looking at that now knowing what happened i think that's like a sign i think the last podcast we taped she said i had a breakthrough in therapy and they said that i i what was it it was something like i cut people off before they can cut me off or i end relationships or kill things before they can kill me and she said if i ever kill myself that's going to be what I'm doing. I'm saying fuck you to the world before the world can say fuck you to me. And and I think that might be borderline-ish. Um, but it all it all makes doesn't make sense. I don't want to say that, but it's like she did it in her way. Like, yes, that is very Stevie. It was very Stevie to take her own life. Yeah. Because she would do like these extreme things. And they would make her her, but this was one that was so extreme that, you know, it defined, I feel like in a way it kind of defined her, but I don't, I, I, I buckle talking about her. I really do. I have a really hard time expressing, articulating things that I'm feeling or thinking or, yeah, you know, it's a weird thing. Yeah. I, I don't know what you, I never knew anyone. I know, I knew people who died, you know, overdosing type of things or cancer. I had a friend died from high school who had cancer, but I, I've never known anyone who like, you know, killed themselves. Yeah. And it was when you find that out, it's like, what the, f- it, was, it was very, it's so weird. The finalness, you know, people say that in death, like it's so final. And I know it's kind of cliche to say, but it felt so final because I just wanted to, when I found out, I just wanted to be like, no, Stevie, make a different decision. Like, let's yeah, redo you, this. Yeah, and what you are you can't. doing? Like, there's so much you don't even right. realize, like, who you are, right. like, what you, how you have so much more to give. Right. And I do think, I think about her as a spirit a lot. Mm-hmm. I believe in that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I think of her spirit being at peace, but also being incredibly mad at herself for not seeing everything that, all the gifts that she had. And I know it's when you're when you're depressed or have mental illness, it's you can't see those things. But right. I think I do wish she f- she fought hard to not be depressed. But I wish she fought harder to see how awesome she was, and how many things that she had to offer the world, and how much the how much she affected people, and how much they needed her or loved her. And this is so this sounds so, you know, two thousand eighteen or two thousand seventeen or whatever. But and I know it to me, it just sounds I'm not trying to undermine life and how important her actual life was. But the massive hole that it left on Snapchat. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you, and I know that sounds ridiculous, but she was the now I realize she was the only reason I was go- opening my Snapchat. Yeah. Because she was so funny. And uh, every video she posted, I knew was going to well, be all- so entertaining. But the problem with Snapchat is they disappear and they're gone. And it's just that hole. And every time I open up Snapchat. Even now, it's just like, man, why am I even on this close? Yeah. Yeah, well, the whole new, it's, you know, it's this whole new world of, like, Instagram, not that it's that new, but, like, Instagram stories and all this sort of, like, digital content, which is, like, what she, like, thrived in and what made her so, like, made her popular to begin with is now, But like, yet she hated. Yet she hated, yet is only the only thing you watch now, you know? And it's, like, I also think just from, like, a, a funny 
Side note, I think she would have really enjoyed with all the takedown of all these guys who are fucking assholes, you know, like the Harvey Weinstein. Oh, totally. I think she would have wanted to take down people herself, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I feel bad that she missed out on some of that yeah, stuff. Yeah, oh my God, she would have loved it. <laughs> I And I, it's like, that's what the thing. I'm missing those Snapchat stories or those Instagram stories of what her take on... On Me Too was. Yeah. People want C.B. Ryan's take on Me Too. Yeah, she... And actually, <laughs> someone made a really funny joke, and I so wish I said this. Her name is Zara Misrahi. She made this joke. She said something like, how about you can't I do think Stevie would have said something like this or really appreciated this. She's like, you can't be part of the Me Too movement unless you know how to spell Me Too. Like, <laughs> like she saw people doing T.O. Yeah. You know? so <laughs> and I think Stevie would have picked up on that and just been like, dumb bitches don't even know how to spell too. Yeah, a lot of dumb bitches. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. Uh, it's it, yeah, it's really um, and it, it, the reason I say I don't want to downplay it by referencing Snapchat is because these things sound so frivolous, Snapchat, Instagram, whatever, but her she had such a huge presence oh yeah that was that's how she was discovered you know people i don't even think people realize like the beginning of youtube like the beginning of the popularity of like you know original content on youtube new york times did a whole article about it and like she was featured and this is probably like seven or eight years before i even met her and wow. she was already in the new york times and like little loco character like that was like it and that's why she was frustrated because it happened and she got all this press and then it went away forever. And she was like, fuck this, but, fuck that. Right. But it didn't go away forever. That's how she interpreted it. I know. And it was like, no. And then when we went out, we would like go to these meetings and we'd like lay out like all these press releases and they're like, holy shit, New York Times or oh, this article, this article. It's like, yeah, like this is like real. Like it might not happen like immediate, you know, but yeah. like it, it, it worked out. She had so much. Eventually. She had so much ahead of her. Yeah. She really did. Um, to have that much charisma and to not have into for people to let it go by i don't think that would have happened she might have been in a slump and then i i do this i insult myself but i'm like okay she must have definitely not been doing well because she wanted to do a podcast with me <laughs> you know i'm super self-deprecating but that's you know that's how i look at it and i'm like oh i, I guess she was at the end because she was hanging out no, doing see, podcasts I, I, with I, me. When, but when I saw you guys were doing that, I, I felt like it was like, oh, this is like a new chapter for her. You yeah, know, because and she, that's how she did see it. Yeah, because it was like, oh, now she's going to go. Now she's going to like not just like do like funny sketches and like, you know, pretend to be Justin Bieber in a sketch. She's going to like now like sit down and talk about what's really going on. And be real. And, and be real, which is sort of like what... I mean, Going, going she, back to the beginning of our conversation, that was what sort of like that network wanted her to be with those wraparounds. Like, we just want to see Stevie right, be because Stevie. we love and Stevie. she was like, no. Yeah, she felt like, like she... She felt no one liked that. But then when you listen to, the, to your, your podcast, it's like, no, people... people People did love that. Do you, know? you think the image that she put on her Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter was really her or her like doing a doing a version of her, like a heightened version of herself? I think it was a heightened version of herself, but I think that's kind of who she was. You know, she really was like no nonsense, all bullshit, all caps. Like if I think of Steve <laughs> Ryan, think of like all caps, <laughs> exclamation point. I went through her <laughs> tweets um, because it was really hard for me when she passed away to look at any of her social media. And about a month ago, I was on her Twitter, just scrolling through her tweets. And they are so funny and and good. And like you just see such a person through each one of them. It was like, this is Stevie. This is so Stevie. Oh my God, this is so Stevie. This is so Stevie. And I remember her following me a while ago. Like it was, you know, several years before we ever really um, talk talk, but she followed me. And I remember she tweet retweeted me. And I was like, oh, my God, she retweeted me. And then she retweeted me like, you know, maybe five or six more times. And every time she did, I'd be like, oh, sweet, that girl. She's fucking awesome. Yeah. You know, so you just felt special if she recognized you or thought what you said was funny 
or thought you were talented because she was so cool. And I yeah. was never the cool girl in school. So it was like, oh, the cool girl likes me. Yeah. And going to her memorial, like that was sort of like the takeaway, you know, that yeah. she really was that sort of like she was always the coolest girl in the room. She's always who everyone wanted to be. And she wasn't cool because she was trying. Yeah. At all. Yeah, she, she just naturally she was. She was like, she really didn't give a fuck. No, and that's what's so amazing. And it hurt her a lot of times, you know, but but I think like she truly was like, this is who I am. She didn't give a fuck, but yet actually, and I know she didn't give a fuck, but before we started, uh, or before we released the first episode, she was like, I don't think it was good. I don't think we should put it out. I don't know. I'm, dude, I'm kind of having like second thoughts. So she did, there was a sense of, she didn't give a fuck, but she also wanted to do things in a way that was respectable. Yeah, I think she was like, she was the most insecure, not give a fuck person I've ever met. Exactly. <laughs> you know, which creates such a storm. Yeah. Like a thunderstorm. It's like hot air and cold air coming together and it's boom. Yeah. You know, because in it, I remember we, um, I, I, I talked her off that ledge, I guess, which I, I just said, it's, it was a good, it was our first episode. People's expectations won't be like we're supposed to be on, you know, Sirius XM with like a million, ex- you know, hours of doing radio talk. Yeah. We did one episode. It was the first one we ever did. It was good. You were funny. You can't not be funny. And uh, I said, we're putting it out. Like, I wasn't going to let her back away from it because I genuinely thought it was a good episode. And that's the episode that's up. But she just wanted to scratch it, throw it out. Uh, and I said no. And then when we got a good response, she was like, oh, my God. And then we did get like one negative review, like you know, like a month in or something. And she was livid. Right. Yeah. You know, like fucking livid. And who is this bitch? We need to find this bitch. And then I think I talked about this at the memorial and I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, but, oh no, we definitely talked about it on the show, but someone had started a, two girls started a podcast called mentally. Chill. Yeah, I know. I love that. And yeah. you said like, and I was one of the oh, people yeah, we, we, that, right. we, we all like, me and whoever else emailed you after the memorial was saying like, if you need a lawyer like we'll right we'll help you right because <laughs> yeah. there is another one and it was so she just went after them like a rabid dog and i just was like yeah um it'd be nice to like not share the name with you guys but yeah. and then she was like bitch take that shit down I'll and it was lawyer. down yeah yeah it was down and now there's another one um what yeah which i don't it's it's got like no you know it's like got no ratings i'm not gonna worry about it but when i saw that i was like you know, it was probably came up about two weeks after this whole thing happened. And I wanted her to just be here so badly to take care of that, yeah. you know, because there's another one. And it's like, damn it, I'm not, I can't do this on my own. She was that strong, strong bitch. Right, like, we'll she say, could I listen be... to the podcast and I think you've been doing a great job on your own. And I'm glad that Thanks. you keep, I, I'm glad that you are still doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Uh, I'm sure it's not easy, but no. it's cool that you're doing it. Yeah, I'm. I'm really glad that I'm doing it, but it's definitely not easy. I didn't intend to do the show as this like inter- interview. Not that I'm not enjoying interviewing you, but I. <laughs> hey! <laughs> <laughs> but it was just supposed to be in her chit chatting. And she yeah. wanted to eventually pitch it as a show. She said, I want this to be a show. And, um, and so it was really just going to be me and her chilling. And uh, obviously now that's not the case. And so it's a totally different show. It's not what I wanted the show to be. Um, but I, I get kind of freaked out because it's a lot of I feel like it's a lot of pressure on me to want number one do the show justice like make it decent mm-hmm. on my own which I had no and in- I had no intention of doing a podcast on my own zero 
the first time I had the actually podcasts are terrible. Yeah, like why would I ever yeah. want to just talk alone into a mic? You know, like I had zero intent, and I didn't think I was strong enough to carry the show. I'd never done a show with just me um, hosting it, and so I went through a lot of insecurity, and I still definitely feel insecure doing the show because um, of so many so many reasons. But uh, it feels scary to me still doing it by myself. But I'm just plugging through and you know what i have to be honest i get i get kind of angry uh i mean i get angry at her for not being here but i get like angry at the universe because uh not to make this a selfish thing but there's other podcasts with girls i won't reference but there's two of them hosting it and it's not just one but like a couple it's like two girls and they're hosting and i've looked at those shows and i'm like must be nice that you still have your co-host must be nice yeah. Must be really great because that's not the way my life goes. My life does not go that easy where I meet a chick that cool and then get to have that presence in my life forever. Like those girls that do this because I, I have such a hard time finding girlfriends. Yeah. And I finally felt like I found. And so did Stevie. Exactly. You know, like she had no, I mean, she had that's no why we hit it off. Yeah. Because it's like we were, I think, kindred spirits in, in certain senses. I mean, I, she was very different than me in a lot of ways, but we were really similar in other ways. And it was like, finally, I felt like I found my girlfriend. Like, I have, but I can talk trash on my girlfriends right now because they don't listen to the show because they don't give a fuck about me, really. Yeah. A lot of my friends, they don't. And I, so I have, <laughs> <laughs> and I will say, I, I love my girlfriends, but they're not like that ride or die type. It's like if something comes up, they're, their boyfriend's definitely more important than me. Um, and I've had that my entire life. But finally, when I met Stevie, it was like, this bitch would throw down for me. Yeah. And I've never, ever, ever once in my life had a girlfriend like that. Was I was it, yeah. I was bullied as a kid by girls. So I, I've had a very strained relationship with women. I've never met, I've not met many women that I enjoy being around or that I feel safe with. And she was one of them. And so I, that's when I look at those other podcasts with these, you know, girls getting to do shows together and be besties and take pictures together. And I'm like, I, in a way, I'm like, fuck you. Yeah. You don't get it. <laughs> you don't know what it's like to, like, you know, not have your friend to do the show with. But, of course, I don't want them to lose their friend. Yeah. It's just I just wish I was th them. Yeah. 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 Well, I remember when her other friends spoke at the memorial and said that Stevie came and like paid for her entire um, baby shower yeah, and designed yeah. the whole thing and didn't yeah. even realize that Stevie was even broke at the time and like paid yeah. for the whole thing. And she yeah. just, she was just a person who was really there for, you know, I don't think she had a lot of friends, but I think the friends that she was still with, like she took care of. Yeah, exactly. And that's, yeah, that's why it's a bummer for me because that's what I was looking for. Someone just like her. Like almost it's like you're going on a, you know, tinder looking for your boyfriend or girlfriend it was like i kind of was swiping through girlfriends you know in a way and then finally yeah. i found one like oh we'll be friends for life and talk shit on people and <laughs> laugh and also share and you know the problems of having depression and well i love talking shit so if you want to text me anytime, I'm, <laughs> okay, I'm, good. I'm happy to call you fave. and just talk shit about whoever you want oh my god i love talking shit it's my favorite thing yeah. ever yeah it is so much fun i have like 12 text chains going on right now just talking so much shit about oh my so god many yeah it's so it's so fun you gotta do it any of them that are relevant to me please include like if i not relevant like you know, but if it's like about a celebrity or something, like someone that I might know, oh yeah, or something, I'll, I'll, I'll loop me. you Please. in. Please, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it's part of me needs to be like 
just a housewife who's just gossiping, just oh, doing yeah. the town That's gossip. That's all I want to do. <laughs> I know. It's so fun. I love it. I gossip every, everywhere I go. I'm like, what's the goss? That's what I say I, to Oh, you I go, do? Oh, yeah. I go, what's the goss? Give me the goss. Love it. In any of my like areas, like I'll, I'll be like, well, like my wife will be t- texting her friends because she's on like a bunch of like mommy chains, which is like a whole new oh, level of talking shit yeah. where it's like you're with like 30 women who are just talking shit all day. Yeah. And I'm like, what's goss? You know? And yeah. And I go to work. I'm like, what's oh, that's gossip? so great. That's so great. Yeah. Well, that's why I think my favorite sketch uh, from SNL back in the day was Coffee Talk. Oh, yeah. Coffee Talk. Come on. I'm just like. Great sketch. I'm so good. Like butter. <laughs> um, just talk. The ladies just kind of talking, being sassy and real. I just. That's my fave. Um, and uh, my friend Molly, who did the show a couple episodes ago, she's, she's a. She's a sassy. Her and Stevie, I think, would have really liked each other. Mm-hmm. And Molly just comments so funny on reality TV the way Stevie does. And I never also met anyone who was just like that obsessed and educated on every <laughs> reality show. Like she, she watched everything. So I think so. The thing with reality TV is that people will diss it and not see the irony and how funny it actually no, she, is. And she Stevie, loved it. She was Stevie like a watched, fan. She was a fan of these shows. Stevie like, watched these shows the way they should be watched, with a critical eye. Oh, yeah. And like an opinion ready to go. Rather than watching it and taking it seriously, she'd watch it and she'd, she'd take it seriously, but in a funny way. Uh, and so I think she epitomizes how you should watch, how you should have watched reality TV. Oh, yeah. She was into every, she was like into TLC be, before TLC realized they that were a the, network. Yeah, you know, I like know, she was I know. Like, the, the other thing, like I love, I love trashy TV. Like I used to love watching toddlers and tiaras and I watched like, I wasn't even you know, aware of that stuff until like we, 600 pound life, like shit. I watched just, a lot of 600 pound life this past weekend. That shows intense. Oh my God. Have you watched 600 pound um, life hashtag tight? Which is like no. when they cut off their skin. Oh, I've seen some where they get their skin cut, but I didn't know it was. It was called. Tight. I didn't know what I was it's watching. Like, it's like okay. six hundred pound life tight. Oh my god! And then it's like this you one. See this one episode. This woman cut off like thirteen pounds of skin, and then she woke up from the surgery, and the doctor's like, "This is thirteen pounds," and she's like, "I want to touch it." <laughs> <laughs> so weird. Gross. And she's like, let me touch my skin. I didn't have enough time with it on my own. I know. To touch then it. she touched it, and then it was like the confessional doctor, and he's like, "That was very weird." <laughs> Is it that guy, the shorter he's like, one? Uh, the weird guy. The he's got that weird accent. I don't know where he's from. He's like, oh, I, I like always, go. There's something about him. I'm like, who is casting the show? He is so uncastable, but somehow he works. Yeah, like he's the worst on-camera person I've ever seen. And also, he barely even he moves his mouth he when he talks. He barely moves his mouth. He doesn't fully, does he speak English? Because I don't, I don't understand so. what he's saying. No. I don't even know where he's from. I don't either. He's so nondescript. Yeah, he's like maybe like he's like half vampire. He's also a hundred. <laughs> so like everything well, about Well, he's him, a vampire. He's probably a thousand. <laughs> he's a thousand. <laughs> and he's just like so old. And, and then it's so funny because you have these people who are like, you know, I'm happy they're losing weight, but obviously their life has like not worked out that great. So they're like 600 pounds. They're going for the surgery. <laughs> then the guy who's kind of open is this a thousand year old vampire. It's like, I don't want that guy touching me. No, he can barely move his mouth when he, mouth when he talks. I don't know how he moves his hands when he's doing surgery i know and then they'll be in the surgery and he's like uh la, uh burn i need the the knife again yes, <laughs> like, what i know it? i know so stressful my favorite part is when he uh kind of talks like gives them the no nonsense business mm-hmm. like they haven't lost the weight they need to get the surgery and he's you can tell he's kind of disgusted but he doesn't have enough personality to really show the disgust yeah i know, I know. <laughs> that's also it's like they, they try to like play it up with the music and like dun 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 dun, dun <laughs> right and he's like do I have Eva? Yeah, the he could be just a cardboard cutout. Yeah. It would be the same show. <laughs> and then it's like these like guys who are just like, oh, and again they're like giant drunk and drive <laughs> off. 
There was one scene where the two brothers who were, I feel bad, but they were like these very. Wow, you really do watch this oh, show. Oh, yeah, no, I'm telling Holy. you. Like, these two brothers, they were, you know, whatever, 600 pounds probably, and they went swimming, and it's just like these two guys in a pool <laughs> swimming, and it's the weirdest oh, scene. God. And it's like, are you nervous for the surgery, brother? And he's like, I just want to lose weight, man. <laughs> it was like doing breaststroke back and the forth. The show, though, is so frustrating because you never see a full weight loss. I you know. never see the like five years from now if they've actually lost. It's always they end the show looking exactly the same as the beginning. It's one hour, and I've wasted my time. I've gotten no happiness from, I mean, I've gotten happiness from just seeing how terrible it is, but I've gotten no <laughs> Uh, fulfillment by seeing them change these episodes the tight one the super tight whatever it's called like there Those was more, there uh, was one reveal like a little reveal where they you know they do the skin surgery and one of the moms you know she sh- the woman you know it, she she looked a lot better yeah yeah i mean it's still crazy you know it's like they look better but i mean if you weigh 600 pounds and you lose I mean, 400 pounds yeah it's still like it's incredible but you, your body man your body that's how a lot just you know you're so far gone when you lose 400 pounds and you're still overweight <laughs> i know i know my god oh yeah my god. it's rough but um but stevie uh but back to stevie who yeah. was not 600 pounds no she, she was six pounds <laughs> she, she was and she was very obsessed with her her weight yeah the last time i saw her or the last two times i saw her i was like stevie you look really skinny yeah, like she got very skinny freakishly skinny and she was like, thank you. Yeah. But I'm like, no, but really, like, you don't look okay. Yeah, the last time I saw her, I had that great picture of her in uh, Kiwami, the sushi restaurant, where she's holding chopsticks. But then the last time we actually hung out was at M Cafe, and she, I think she just ate kale. Really? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, it's like her, her physique was so picture perfect. And so it's just like when you see someone like that from the outside and I kind of, sometimes someone said to me before, like those, all those things that you say about Steve, you know, you can apply to yourself. Right. Because I, and I'm not trying to compliment myself here. I'm like, you know, I'm great too. I have a great physique, but I'm, I, I'm always, I always hate my body. I always feel disgusting. I always um, am sad. I'm always, no matter how good something is, I still feel like I'm not happy. And so all, but when I, when I would see Stevie do that, I could look at it from an outsider's perspective and go, you stupid bitch. Look how much shit you've got and how fucking great it is. And so I try to take that and put it on myself. I'm in a great position right now. I'm I'm moving forward. Everything is going well. I've got a wonderful boyfriend. I um, said you're happy when I first saw you. Right. Like I so. The moment can you still do this podcast if you're happy? That's the problem <laughs> and the pressure I feel. Is if I if the problem is you guys uh, don't want to make this. I'm talking to the listeners. Yeah, don't yeah. share the podcast with a friend. Keep it doing terribly so that I have no chance of being actually happy. But then to, the podcast so I can continue doing, doing, doing bad. The then you'll be ba- then you'll be upset again. Then right. Then the listeners will be happy. Right. <laughs> I'm stuck in between a rock and a hard place because I can't do it and be happy because then it will be a disingenuous show. But then if I do it. Uh, depressed, then it's like oh, the show will never get better, or yeah. go anywhere. So, so that is something. And I, I mean, I definitely still have depression and struggle. I went off my uh, antidepressants several months ago, and it's been it's been a rough go. Um, but when I say I'm happy, like when I, when you got here, and I said, "Good, things are good. I'm actually doing well." It's like they are doing well, and I'm more able to say that right now because I'm, you know, clo- like I've showered and I'm clean, like. I can see things are good right now, but when I wake up in the morning and I'm just stuck in my bed or before I go to bed at night, that's when start things start feeling um, bad, even though they're really good. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's just frustrating because I would love to feel what it feels like to just be happy. 
simply just be happy i and it's like if i'm happy i'm afraid that i failed because that means i'm not like reaching higher like if i'm ever hitting happiness it's because i've in my mind it's because i've lowered all expectations of myself because i'll never achieve the things that i want to achieve and i'll only achieve them if my bar is super low so i think if i'm feeling happy i must have lowered my bar so i'm always hypercritical of but at the same time that means you're gonna be keep on working harder and harder yeah, and just never. never be happy. Yeah, exactly. Maybe I'll have more, you know, some money. <laughs> but I did see a, a Instagram post today when this girl was like, uh, I'm not saying money will buy me happiness, but I've never been sad when I can just buy anything I want. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so I mean, like, maybe if I did, you know, get yeah. financially successful, I'd be. But then I also know people who make money and they're also like <laughs> super yeah. sad. No, I know. I, I know. feel like it's like, you know. Yeah, it's your brain. It's not money. It's not exactly any, but... any of that. Unfortunately, I wish it was. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, that you should come back and we should do it again. Yeah, I would love to. And no, I do. Uh, it's weird. Like I told you, I just I, I have uh in the garage. Like I have this like Stevie TV poster, you know. So like I basically like see her like every day. Yeah. And it's weird. And I was like, should I take it down? I because know. it's like weird. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just weird to see. Her like you know. Does it bring you joy when you see it? It it makes me feel weird. Okay. To be completely honest, then you could like, take it down. Like I'm sort of like oh you know like it's so it's such a weird thing yeah. to see and then it's like oh, I can't believe I just it's, it makes it like not it makes it feel so real. Exactly. Like I sort of like you know <laughs> my own weird way of dealing with stuff. I'm sort of like I like to sort of like you know it happened but I've I've moved on I think a little bit so I could just sort of like talk about her and remember her but then when I see her I'm like Fuck. well that's such an important important part though about grieving is moving on and uh someone i was talking to recently there i don't know if like who it was or they lost their son or someone but that their bed that bedroom had like stayed the same and it was never it was like never been touched and it's so hard to oh i know it was my friend my friend's father his mother has held on to like everything and she hasn't thrown away his medication and finally recently she was going to do it and he's been past he's been gone for five years oh my god so it's like one of those things where if it helps you move on you should and because you know i think her keeping all those things it's just not healthy even though it's so sad to find because it's final when you take away all that stuff it means they're really gone yeah. if you keep it there it's like they're kind of still there and i have um stevie on my uh on my phone as my backdrop which i and i, like I have it here right there not that i want to sound like i'm obsessed but i have this pictures and then i've got her sad girl gang thing up there and then i have the day after she passed away i wrote i love you stevie on the chalkboard right at the bottom like you can't really see it it's behind yeah, the I picture see it right there, yeah. i i feel weird keeping that there but i also don't want to for think i don't want her to think i'm forgetting her if i erase it yeah, that's why when I found that document, which was the original, like, you know, little packet of Stevie Town, I was like, I can't, I'm not going to throw this yeah, away. Yeah, you can't throw that away. I got to keep this no. forever. Yeah, you, you do. Know? You do. But um, it's like, but to a healthy, you have to, you have to do it in a healthy way. Yeah. Like, I had uh, my pinned tweet on my Twitter was Rip Stevie Ryan, the coolest girl I've ever known. Yeah. And I, and I took it down like last month. And I took it down kind of for my well for my own sake so i can move forward right um but i felt like a huge dick taking it off my twitter because i didn't want her to think i was forgetting about her either you know and so i really struggled with whether i should take that down or not 
and I just felt like I don't want to look like someone who's stuck in the past and won't let something go. You have to move on. And also, it sounds a weird thing to say, but it's also like, you don't want her to feel bad. But also, why'd you do that? I know. I know. You know, I like know. you were, you went to that memorial. That was just one of the memorials. I mean, people were like, people who don't show any emotion were sort of like broken. Because I feel yeah. like what, what happened with a lot of her relationships, you know, at least a lot of the people that I knew there, it's like, she was kind of like quickly in and out of people's lives, mm-hmm. you know, like it was sort of like, she's like a little like flash. That's certainly how it was for me. Yeah. That's, and that's how, how it, it was with every, every person, yeah. you know, like it was, it was really like that. It was like for me, it was a lot of Ed, you know, a lot of these people who, you yeah. know, mutual friends. And, uh, I feel like, I don't, I lost my train of thought. <laughs> that's okay. I kind of did too. Cause when you were saying that, I was like, but, I'm going to say something else. And now I forgot what I was going to say. But that's sort of, uh. I don't even know what I'm, I don't know. I don't know what my point was. We were saying about moving on. Yeah. But I think it is, it's, you know, you got to, um, Oh, I know what I was going to say. What were you going to say? I don't know. (laughs) I felt like I was making a really good point. And then I was like, (laughs) I started thinking, Oh, my point was that. Yeah. Like you, you don't want her to feel bad. Everyone there. Right. She, even though she was only in their life for like a flash, they you know, felt like shit. They felt like shit, and people were like, "What the fuck?" Like, you know, like I have the same feeling that you have the same feeling. Like, I, like I, I didn't, I wasn't talking to her like every day like that. But I, like, I'm like, fuck. Maybe if I emailed her to have coffee and said I'm sorry, and like, you know, people are still thinking about you. And- yeah, like we, you know, let, let's 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 figure out something to do together. Let's work together. Let's have fun. Let's watch reality shows. You know, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, maybe things would be different, you know, uh, obviously they wouldn't have, but I feel like that's my point to you. Is yeah, that you, yeah. You can't feel bad because look how bad she's made all I of I know us she feel. made us feel like shit. And that's why I was, I think I, I don't know if I finished what I was saying earlier about her spirit and her soul. I think her soul is, is, is sad that she did this. Oh yeah. I, I did say a little bit of that, but, uh, I do, someone went to a psychic I remember that you did. You talked I about did. The, you talked about it on the episode, right? Uh, yeah, I did. But someone else did, and they said um, they said a couple weird things that seemed pretty accurate. And then they said she um, she's really sorry for what she did, and uh, that she explained it like she was just in like this. Like I guess they showed like because the person obviously didn't know who she was. This person was just guessing, you know, or not guessing, but they didn't say this girl committed, you know. Mm-hmm. person didn't know the scenario she just whoever she was in the room she was speaking on behalf of but she said that she felt like she showed her a ball of fishing line all tangled up and she just said this is how she was feeling at the end or something like that so i i felt like that was maybe accurate i don't think she was doing the i don't think she i think she was doing things that were showing that she was stumbling a little bit that i won't necessarily mention um, but she took, like the person said that she took ownership for it, that she was severely sorry and that she was all screwed up. Like she just wasn't in the right frame of mind, obviously. But, um, anyway, do you want to do a who sadder? I don't know if I should do the segments on this episode. It doesn't, I don't, cause it's not a traditional episode cause we just talked about Stevie. Yeah. We don't need to do it. Okay. We, I think it was just, uh. I think this was very good. It was good. It was therapeutic. It was, ni- it was nice to talk about her. I haven't like really talked about her since she died. You know, I don't talk about her that much either. Yeah, I really don't. Like I said, I get very. I don't know. I get very. I'm usually full of things to say, and when it comes to Stevie, I kind of shut down. Yeah, it was really. You know, I got a text from a friend about it, 
and I was actually, I went, we went, I went away for my anniversary to like finally like just like chill for like a weekend and like relax and like sleep and hang out. Yeah. And I got a text and it was very weird because I was like, did not even know how to deal with that information. Like fucked me up. Right. And on top of that, this is a weird thing to say, but I was watching The Leftovers, that show on HBO. And it was like, I was like the end of it. Not that it's like a spoiler, but also the show was on for like five <laughs> years ago. So get with the fucking program, <laughs> right. people. Right. Anyways, uh, but that show deals a lot of like death and suicide. It was this weird like twelve hours of like weird... hearing about suicide, watching <laughs> death yeah. and suicide, talking about death, and I was like, Ugh! you feel like you're in the twilight. Yeah, zone my or brain was like dying, and then I just had to go out, and I talked to um, my buddy Jensen about it. Then I talked to like then then I had uh, met with my friends gareth and evan and james who all worked on the show and, and gareth was someone who like stevie really loved and like uh they really like connected and he's just a ridiculous person so i think she really like liked him and they had some they were texting back and forth not so close to when she died but like closer than any of us yeah and we all just need to be like holy shit yeah well she uh, she surprised when after she passed away someone reached out to me that was like a that's like a very it's a major celebrity or actor um, about her and I that I never really knew that how many people really how big Stevie really was until that moment I, I know Ben Stiller saw the show and thought she was so great but like she would never like try to like yeah she wouldn't right, meet no, him or like try no. to like meet his company or anything like that right. it was sort of like okay you know like there was none of that sort of like which you kind of you know respect a little bit because yeah. everyone is so hungry to do whatever they can you find out someone like that so like she you want to that, but that's it. why she was so cool because she didn't have this desperate vibe of like i need to make it in the industry of course she wanted to but she wasn't gonna do well, we all had no the idea cliche that she things was, she was honestly more desperate than anyone you know i know i know which is uh sad so sad so sad yeah she's um she's such a tragic figure in my mind and in my life and in this world i think but also such a beautiful one and um a special one and I think a lot of the special souls kind of end tragically or just not meant to be here or can't fit in here or something um, but I'm certainly so uh, blessed that I knew her and that yeah. I had that lightning flash of her in my it was life. she really was like I remember James said it I don't know if they said that exactly word for word but he was like hearing all these stories she really was just like a lightning bolt into everyone's lives mm -hmm. and then it was over yep yep and the lightning bolt I had just happened to be, you know, like she would leave other people, just leave them. But this you got the worst me, lightning bolt. You got the worst lightning bolt. You got the worst lightning bolt. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm used to it. I get a lot of <laughs> shitty lightning bolts in my life. Uh, well, thank you for doing this. It's It was it was therapeutic to talk about it, actually. Awesome. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And next time you come on, we'll talk uh, more about this, but then I'll also try to give you depression. Give me depression. Yes. It's, a, it's like, um, it's, uh, what's the word? Uh when something like AIDS is. Oh, it's contagious. It's contagious. So I'm going <laughs> like to give you. Something like AIDS. AIDS is... <laughs> now, I, you could have said like strep throat or something. You went right to AIDS. I went right. I, hey, if you're going to go big, go big. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. Or if you're going to do it, go big. Next time we'll talk about how you get AIDS. Okay. Okay. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, thanks for coming by. And uh, remember guys, if you want to support the show, please go to patreon.com slash mentally chill. And until then, stay sad enough to listen, but not too sad. Bye.